Welcome to the Lifting Lessons at Lunch, hosted by Calvary Baptist Church of Statham, Georgia. My name is Matt Dibler, and I have the great privilege of pastoring Calvary Baptist Church. This podcast can be heard every Monday through Friday at 12 o'clock. And now, here is our speaker for today. Well, welcome again to another Lifting Lesson at Lunch. It's my privilege today to bring you another message and our series in the book of Philippians. God has been gracious to us as we have studied verse by verse through this wonderful book. I trust that you're doing well today and that you've been blessed of the Lord. God has been good to each and every one of us. We're so thankful for the ministry of the Lifting Lessons at Lunch. It was birthed out of the time of tragedy when COVID had hit and we were not able to connect with folks here at the church in person there for a little while and God placed it upon our hearts to start the Lifting Lessons at Lunch and they've continued on for for several years now and, and God is greatly blessing that where it comes into your place, uh, whether it be by recording later or you, you watch it during the 12 o'clock hour, we just appreciate your faithfulness and your prayers for us that God would uh, continue to direct us in the Lifting Lessons that we bring just the messages, the series, and the direction from God that uh, he would have us to bring. I'm very thankful for all the men that get involved in this. I'm glad that uh, Brother Lindell and Brother Landon have carried this on faithfully. And now Brother John David and Brother Tommy Young are going to be coming in on these things. And we're, we're so thankful that God has put this team together to try to study the Word. It not only gives us an opportunity to spotlight other ministries when we look at Brother Landon as he works with our young couples and our young adults, and then Brother Lindell works with our Joy Club, Brother John David works with our teens. I have the privilege of pastoring, and of course, Brother Tommy is in our music ministry. And when you put all that together as a team that God has placed here at Calvary Baptist Church, uh, you get different perspectives uh, as well, not just good Bible study, but you get different perspectives and kind of gives you a, a maybe a, a view of what our church and the personality and the ministries that God uh, has brought together for our church. And we are so blessed with that. Uh, our study today brings us to verse number 17 through verse number 19 of the book of Philippians in chapter number three, where the Bible says, brethren, be followers together of me and mark them which walk so as ye have us for an ensample. For many walk, of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is their shame, who mind earthly things. In this passage of Scripture, Paul is writing very confidently and when I say confidently in verse number 17, when he says, brethren, be followers to get all together of me, he is not saying that in an arrogant fashion. He is not saying I'm better than anybody. He's saying I am confident in my testimony for the Lord Jesus Christ, that my testimony lines up with the scriptures. And so therefore I can confidently tell you, follow me. And in other passages of scripture where he said, follow me basically as I follow the Lord. And that's what he's saying here. So don't get it in your mind that he is saying uh, that he's some kind of super Christian because we know according to scripture, and if you compare scripture with scripture, he said of sinners of whom I'm chief. So he had a 
humble spirit about him. So when he makes the statement here that I want you to follow me in verse 17, brethren, be followers together of me, he is not being arrogant in that statement whatsoever. He was basically saying, I am giving you an example to follow. I am living according to the scriptures. And what a challenge that is. Can we say that? Can we say confidently to others, follow my life's patterns, follow my devotional pattern, follow my not only my devotional pattern, but how I act throughout the day. Can we really confidently tell people, hey, follow me, do, do as I do. Not in a confident and not in a not in a uh, arrogant way, but in a confident way in our own personal testimony for the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul definitely could do that. He submitted himself to the scriptures and to the spirit and was therefore able to confidently say, be followers of me. He goes on in verse number 17 to say this and mark them which walk so as ye have us for an example. I find that very interesting because we live in such a time that we're so careful not to name names and, and we, we don't want to say, but I find throughout all scripture, they named names. When people were in error, they marked them. They, they pointed them out, say, be careful, don't be like this person. Um, when they were entreated and, and encouraged to get right and they didn't get right, Paul had no problem naming them. He would name them and he tells us, if you find people that are walking in error and not according to his testimony, which is ultimately the testimony of Christ because he was following uh, Christ and his example and confidently said, follow me. And if I'm following the right thing and you're following the right pattern that I'm leaving for you as an example, if somebody else is not walking right, I'm gonna mark them. I'm gonna say, be careful, avoid that crowd. And I, I believe we would solve a lot of problems and it would actually push down the, the error in our time if we would publicly mark folks that will not get right with God and will not um, live right according to the scriptures and, and warn our people not to um, pay attention to their, uh, their teachings. It's very important that we tell the younger generation, hey, um, avoid this person that is teaching an error and don't be afraid to name their name. I don't mean to be ugly and I don't mean to be obnoxious about that, but I think scripturally we have authority if they are not lining up with this Bible to say, don't follow that person's teaching. They're not following the right uh, pattern or the right example. It says there, and mark them which walk, so as you have us for an example, which means the example. So basically what he's saying, I'm living right. I'm giving you the right example. If somebody's walking contrary to that example, mark them, name them, avoid them. Then he goes on to verse number 18 and says this, For many walk, of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ. Well, this verse is so full of things that we can emphasize, but what I want to mention here is he, he mentioned this often. He warned them often. He had no problem naming the names of those that were false teachers and not living according to their example. And he, but he goes on to say something that I find very important that we can all learn from. And he says, and now tell you even weeping. 
Paul is not coming again. He, it emphasizes the fact that he is not teaching in arrogance. He's actually teaching in humility and in brokenness. He's weeping because of the false doctrine that's being spread, but he's also weeping because of the individual that is steeped in that false doctrine because they're being led astray because they're actually, their end is destruction, which we'll see in the next verse. So he's broken over these people. I find that sometimes in the Christian life, some people do get arrogant. Not only do they get arrogant, they get obnoxious. Even though their stand may be right, their their attitude is arrogant and, and to the point that they're even damaging to the people that they're standing against. I believe we ought to stand in conviction, but I think we ought to stand in compassion. And I will put it this way, we ought to have the conviction of Christ with the compassion of Christ. Very important that we realize that you, there are people today that have conviction but have no compassion. And I want to tell you, the world is not attracted to that whatsoever. They're not going to want your Jesus if all you are is full of conviction without compassion. The reason people came to Jesus is because he was moved with compassion. Nobody could argue the fact that Christ was full of conviction. He had conviction. It was settled in his heart. He took a stand. He never backed down. He had a right stand on his conviction. But oh, how we could learn from his compassion, even though he had conviction. That's the missing element in our day and time. And that's why so many people today have been turned off to the gospel of Christ because we have had an obnoxious element of people that have come through that want to boast in their conviction, but have no compassion. The Bible says in the book of Jude, and of some have compassion, making a difference. If you want to make a difference, then be filled with the compassion of Christ, along with your conviction. I think it's right to have conviction, but it's also right to have compassion. So that's a very interesting thing we see in that verse, in verse number 18. Then he says this, And now tell you, even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ. Interesting, he didn't say that they are my enemies. He said they're the enemies of the cross of Christ. They have a much bigger battle when they take on the cross of Christ. And we do need to note that it is that severe and that sincere when people are not walking according to the uh, patterns left in this scripture that they're erring not just from our and we don't need to necessarily take that personally because they're enemy they're enemies of the cross not just us the cross is a whole lot more important than i am and so therefore that is a big statement when paul makes a statement and says they're the enemies of the cross of christ and so there's a lot we could say about that that, that it is that severe when somebody walks disorderly according to the scripture and spreads false doctrine, they're actually uh, gaining on, getting on the enemy side of the cross of Christ. And that's very severe, and we do need to make it that important. And it comes down here and gives us four things about these people that are enemies of the cross of Christ, that are not following the proper example. He says here, whose end is destruction. Make no doubt about it. Uh, Paul even said it at one time that if somebody brings you another gospel, which is a, not even another gospel, let them be accursed. And folks, if you don't believe the gospel according to the word of God, your end is destruction. Uh, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. 
no man cometh unto the Father but by me. So if you don't follow Jesus and his teaching and his beliefs, your end is destruction. Some people would call that narrow-mindedness. I believe it's just truth and sincerity. And if you care about people, you're going to tell them the truth. And the truth of the matter is, if you don't believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, your end is destruction. Then he makes this statement, whose God is their belly? What does that mean? That simply means that they're self-serving. They're, they're more interested about their own affairs and their own wants and their own desires. It means that they worshiped themselves. And the Bible plainly says, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself. Completely opposite of where he says, whose God is their belly, meaning they're self-serving, they're worshiping themselves. It's completely opposite of that. Uh, when people are making their belly their God, they're serving themselves is what he simply means there. So their end is destruction. They're serving themselves. Their glory is their shame. The fact that they boast and brag in themselves and have that arrogant attitude actually adds to their shame. And then finally, he ends up with this right here and says, who mind earthly things. It is so sad when people... Uh, should be pre preaching the true gospel and should be preaching things that uh, allude to the eternal and not the temporal, that they focus on earthly things. Um, we need to realize that our mind and our heart need to be dwelling on the future and upon, upon kingdom thinking and upon heavenly things. Um, we are so wrapped up with the temporal that we don't get focused on the spiritual. And it says there in verse number 19, who mind earthly things. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. My treasures are laid out somewhere beyond the blue. Folks, we need to realize that we're only here for a short time. Have you ever stopped and considered in the light of eternity what 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 years, even 100 years is in light of eternity. Well, James calls it but a vapor. Your life is but a vapor. It appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. We, need, we are so focused on the 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 years that we have here that we don't realize we ought to be planning. That's why he said in the scriptures, the Lord said in the scriptures, set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things. What things? Earthly things. These things will be added unto you. Don't worry about that. Take no thought for those things of tomorrow. That'll take thought of itself. We need to realize our mind and our heart ought to be on heavenly things. And if it is, then we're going to make sure our doctrine's right. We're going to make sure our actions are right. We're going to make sure that we're soul conscious and wanting to reach a world with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. A fantastic study in the book of Philippians with some very practical teaching. Paul started off our lesson today with follow me, not in an arrogant fashion, but in a very confident that I'm lining up with the scriptures. Our duty as God's children is to make sure that our lives line up with the scripture. Paul was basically saying, I don't just preach it. I practice what I preach. Can you say the same thing? Can I say the same thing? Can we be challenged from today? Because there are false teachers. 
those that are out there for minding earthly things whose end is destruction. We don't need to follow those examples. We need to be following the Lord Jesus Christ. Trust that that's a help to you today and a challenge to you to live closer to the scriptures than we ever have before. Father, we're thankful for another lifting lesson at lunch, and I pray that God will use this to be a help and a way of our growth spiritually as we study our way through the book of Philippians. May you give every one of us as we study exactly what we need to share with those that pay attention to these lessons each and every day. May you be honored and glorified in our life. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.